0: metal version of the Rock and Roll Research Podcast, yes, where we share the cool backstories and side gigs of the research pros, and in this case, child psychologists, that you trust every day. I have been thinking about this interview all day long, actually, for the past several days. I'm so excited it's finally come. Uh, I'm really thrilled to welcome Damian Smith to this week's episode. How are you doing, Damian? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. You know, many market researchers have psychology backgrounds, but for whatever reason, they don't pursue a career as a psychology practitioner, but that's exactly what Damien has done as a lead psychologist with the St. Paul Public Schools and as a newly minted president-elect of the Minnesota School Psychologists Association. But that's not all there is about Damien. Damien is also the shredding bass player for one of my all-time thrash metal bands, Semtex. They have a CD out on Twin Town Tyrant Records right here. It's called Concentrated Execution. I'll link to it uh, in the notes when I post this, but I can vouch for this. This is so metal. It's so awesome. It will melt your face off. Um, it's one of my favorite thrash metal records ever. So I'm so excited to, to welcome you to the program, Damien. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So, so tell us, uh, let's, let's start here. Tell us about uh, your career in psychology. How how did you choose that? How did you get started, and and a little bit about how it's taken you to where you are today?
1: Well, um, becoming a psychologist started in high school. I was skinny, 125 pound kid who listened to metal and <laughs> me too, <laughs> and was bullied mercilessly for it. And I wow. went to this counselor one day. So just, I just, I want to just go to school and not have to deal with this kind of stuff. And her answer was, "Well, why don't you just be like everybody else?" And I walked out of her office knowing I could do her job better than she can. Psychology. So <laughs> From there, I went to uh, University of Dayton for my undergrad. Mm-hmm. Got a job working at uh, working at the Children's Treatment Center for a year, mm-hmm. and I worked for a couple of years uh, in a group home for. Uh, mentally uh, handicapped adults. Mm-hmm. Then I went to graduate school for clinical psychology. Then I got burned out on psychology and waited tables for about five years. <laughs> and then I went back to school psychology, finished up my degrees uh, there, started working for Dayton Public Schools. Uh, then there was the governor of uh, Ohio, broke the backs of the public, uh, public unions. And so they mm-hmm. cut a third of my department. Oh, wow. At the end of the school year. So there were almost zero jobs in the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. So I got a job in St. Paul, moved up here. Cool. Uh, two years after getting that job, I was uh, promoted to lead psychologist. Mm-hmm. And I've been lead psychologist. This is my eighth year as lead psychologist. And I joined the Minnesota School Psychologist association board last summer and was elected president-elect about a month ago.
0: Fantastic. It's super cool. I suppose it's a really interesting and unique time to be a school psychologist with COVID and distance learning. I'm sure yeah, you're extremely busy nowadays. Very. Yeah. And a lot of Zoom calls also, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. I actually have special glasses that I wear sometimes so, so I don't have so much fatigue after it.
0: Right. Right. Cool. All right. So, so let's hear it. Let's talk about Semtex, right? So, um, I have to say, uh, as good as this record is, you guys are even better live. Uh, and somehow you connected with some of my old friends, you know, one of my best friends in the world for the last 35 years, Josh Kellerman. Um, how did you start playing bass and how did you connect with these Semtex guys? Um, I started playing bass. It's kind of a funny story. I
1: didn't have anything to do. I got bored. This is how pretty much how everything in my life. <laughs> I got bored, and I had a guitar, didn't know how to play it. And there's a video game called Rocksmith, so I was learning uh-huh. how to play guitar. And I was at the uh, pawn shop one day and picked up a bass that was, I think, ninety nine dollars. <laughs> and took it home and just fell in love with it. This was
0: five and a half years ago. Oh, wow, wow. Uh, you play like you've been playing a lot longer.
1: Yeah, five and a half years ago, a year and a half after that, I got uh, I auditioned for this band called Opskafa and mm-hmm. was in that band for about a year. Okay. And then some, uh, some white power shenanigans happened. Oh boy. Band, and I quit. And so it was a week later that Rob Esperson, who was in Simtex at the time, mm-hmm. uh, sent me a Facebook message saying that Simtex is looking for a bassist. I'd never met anybody in the band except for Rob mm-hmm. down there. I mean, I, I learned a couple songs, went down there, auditioned, and here I am,
0: three years later. Awesome. So, so what do you like better? Do you like recording in the studio or playing live? Playing live. Yeah.
1: Recording the studio. I mean you get to the point where you don't like your songs anymore because you got cause you're singing them over and over again yeah you're, you're making stupid mistakes that like dumb mistakes that i don't make at mm-hmm. practice or on stage i will make in the studio right so, but yeah it's now i like the idea of having an album Yep. that's that <laughs> of course great. but being on stage is, is where it's at that's
0: that's the fun right there for me yeah, so it must it must have driven you crazy. I mean, with the pandemic and everything, I think you guys actually played a show recently. Yeah, sorry.
1: We have two we have two shows recently. We had one in South Dakota. I mean, there's plenty of room because there's not a whole lot of stuff in South Dakota. And then we played, <laughs> uh, about a week ago at this farm. It was like massive amounts of room. So mm-hmm. I mean, that, and that, those are the reasons that I agreed to both those shows because I you know I'm children. You know, I don't want to get sick.
0: <laughs> right.
1: if, if there's a show I can play, and I can still keep my distance from people, I'm great. The only people I really who are outside my home that I spend any time close to mm-hmm. are um my bandmates. So.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And I think I think I heard that you are going into the studio soon to record another record. Is that right? We will be. We um, we're still finishing up our songs.
1: but We have a. I think we have six written and we looking at two or three more before you get the studio okay and fantastic their worlds like m- more well written in in our opinion right even the concentrated execution record
0: well i i can't wait um and i have to ask you this because i'm i'm sort of curious uh i know um a lot of people who know a lot about metal would describe you as sounding like maybe Nuclear Assault or how Josh Kellerman's voice sounds. I'm yes. curious to know uh, for the metal fans here that are listening to the podcast, uh, what are some of the bands that you might compare SEMTEX to? Hmm. I know hmm. I'm going off script here, so.
1: Right. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think, well, I think each of us brings a different, style mm-hmm. to the whole band experience right I, I, mean, I definitely hear nuclear assault because i i hear that you know in josh's voice mm-hmm. but then again i think about how i play and some of the people who i who have cribbed style off of like evan uh linger from uh skeleton witch mm-hmm. um i try to do a little bit of uh, that Dave Ellison sounds sure. I, I try. To, yeah, I try to steal a little bit of what I can from from Cliff Burton.
0: Yeah, Steve,
1: <laughs> That's Steve a good Harris. Choice. Steve Harris is where I learned how to uh, gallop. Yeah. So there's a number of different sounds that altogether come to something different. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it depends on the song, who we might sound like. Right. Because there's there's some features. Uh, in one of our newer tracks that sounds like straight up uh, black metal and I don't listen to black metal at all right that song sounds cool
0: so yeah <laughs> awesome I, I can't wait to hear it um, so uh, so I'll definitely uh, try to stay posted on that so let me ask you this because these seem like maybe two completely different worlds right, right. so you've got one foot you know dealing with with kids on a day-to-day basis and and uh, tending to their uh, their mental health uh, and on the other side you're with a bunch of guys playing extreme metal um, is there any are there any common threads or any lessons that you draw uh, from one or the other that uh, that's helpful for you the
1: thing that's common with both is being able to adjust mm-hmm You have to be able to adjust and you have to be able to jump right back on where you where you need to be right because in both things happen that make everything very interesting and you have to flow with it yep and make it look like that it was supposed to happen that way right right yeah no i
0: can i can certainly uh relate to that for sure (laughs) so um being that uh, that you deal with, with kids on a day to day basis, and you know we already mentioned COVID and distance learning, um, do you have any observations or thoughts on um, you know what what works in terms of keeping kids mel- mentally healthy, or uh, maybe a, a little bit about the maybe future of human understanding? Any any thoughts on that? That's a big question, but uh. um, I think one of the big things to take away from COVID
1: that actually We should always have known is that um children are complex just like everybody else right we've spent our entire history of education building for one perfect child (laughs) it happens (laughs) building for one perfect child and none of the children fit that right right more stark when you get into distance learning right none of this is natural that w- what we've been doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we've been following philosophies instead of following data. following right. branding. Right. Hopefully this puts the, that in sharp contrast mm-hmm. so that in future, we program towards the whole child, we pro- program towards what the children need as opposed to what we want them to know.
0: Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, that, that that makes a lot of sense. Um so uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious to know, you know, how maybe that plays out in practice on a day-to-day basis with how uh you might interact with kids or, or help them sort of get through get through the day with distance learning, etc. Well, I mean
1: teachers are are doing them the most. Mm-hmm. They're their primary contact. Mm-hmm. It's having them understand that um, that each of the children are different. Mm-hmm. And being malleable in that way, using different techniques for different kids, maybe grouping some kids together that uh, that have a similar uh, learning style, if you will. Sure. It's just, it's just about understanding those things and also understanding that they're going through a mental trauma right now. Yep. More so than us. Because we can still get out and do things, it's it's, it's hard for kids. Mm-hmm. So to keep that in mind at all times, and to have your expectations where you expect them to do well, but you understand if they have a problem, right? You try to help them work through that because yep. while they still have that problem,
0: nothing else is going to happen. Right. Yep. Well, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Uh, so let me switch gears a little bit. This is a podcast of course, uh, curious to know if there are other podcasts or other media that you follow for uh, drawing inspiration from or just simply enjoy that you might wanna share. Um,
1: my favorite podcast, I, I mean, there's two podcasts that I listen to. Mm-hmm. One that I do more regularly than the other. The, uh, the one is the uh, Bill Burr's po- podcast because I don't think anybody told Bill Burr how to do a podcast. He just gets on there and starts talking. Yeah. It's hilarious, so, so it works. <laughs> the, the one that I love, the one that has me crying when I'm listening to it, I'm laughing so hard, mm-hmm. is um, called The Read. The Read, R-E-A-D? Yep. Okay. it's so, so funny. <laughs> I mean, I, would ch- I used to try to listen to it while I'm at the gym, but I'm cracking up. And so I'm about to drop weights on my face. <laughs> It is so funny.
0: What's what's the premise, just out of curiosity?
1: It's, um... All
0: right. It's a, a, a gay dude,
1: and I think either gay or bi woman.
0: <laughs>
1: and they just talk about things, just give their opinions on things. Uh, there's listener letters that come in mm-hmm. where... The the listeners have just these insane questions <laughs> that they're supposed to try to answer. I mean, half the answers are bitch, leave him. You know. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 crazy and it's just
0: hilarious. Cool. I'll have to give it a listen at the gym tomorrow <laughs> myself. <laughs> awesome. Oh. Okay, so uh So the all important question, of course, um, and I have been waiting on pins and needles to hear the answer to this. So I always finish with this question about the Desert Island Disc. You're stranded on a desert island. You have three records at your disposal of your choice for the end of your days. Uh, What are they? Faith No More, Angel Dust. Okay.
1: Um, Kendrick Lamar to Pimple Butterfly. Excellent. Ride, ride, the lightning, metallic.
0: Oh yes, yes. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> awesome, awesome, very cool. Uh, hey, I really appreciate your time today, Damien. Is there anything I didn't cover or ask that uh, that you'd like to share? Um. Oh, I spent eight seasons as a professional dancer and choreographer. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. Let's quick amendment here. So, tell us about that experience. Um. Well, I'll tell you how I got into dance in the first place. Mm-hmm. I was four years
1: old. I was in a uh, a play in college. It was a little black box play. We were doing um, Midsummer Night's Dream, and oh. one of the one of the fairies in that was this gorgeous woman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She was gorgeous, and she kept talking about how she has to audition for dance ensemble. I was like, "Well, I need to audition for dance ensemble," <laughs> and I went there, and I, you know, I got. Uh, selected for a, a couple of the different uh ballets mm-hmm. never ended up with that girl, never even <laughs> talked to her again S- stayed with dance, fell in love with dance and great. so it was just i mean a great time great great way to uh keep yourself in shape mm-hmm. everybody's beautiful yeah you know dude, I got paid money to to hold the most beautiful women I've ever met in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dream and then i mean with that as uh as i got better as a dancer i started to write choreography mm-hmm. and i always tended to write for the most part not every time, time but my most uh lauded uh ballets were always set to metal <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> the, the, my the biggest the big one the one that put me on the scene was a uh, he's called army of one set to uh one by Metallica. Cool. And then there was um. The big one, the one where you know. People were coming up to the shows. Did you write that? Give me a hug and things like that. You know, it's mm-hmm. called uh, uh, "Leave Me Not, But Deliver Me," and it's set to the song "Right into" by Tool, and "Woodpecker from Mars" by uh, Faith No More. Cool. I love that piece. Very and cool. But I. Most of my pieces are set to metal or hard rock. I have a couple jazz. I I did set um choreograph the entire show for the Dayton Gay Men's chorus when they, they needed a choreographer and I needed five hundred dollars. And so <laughs> made some great friends doing that one. Uh I was actually that was the last bit of choreography before I moved to Minnesota and haven't
0: set anything, set any new ballet since. I got to tell you, David, you have one of the most interesting and varied backgrounds of anybody I know. You've got ballet and choreography and psychology and, of course, metal. Um, it's just so cool. <laughs> so well, I, do, I, I get bored. <laughs> you get bored. That's hey, that's uh, whatever works. Right. If that leads you into some really cool spaces, then uh, boredom is is a good thing. So <laughs> cool. Excellent. Well, so thankful for your time, Damien. Really looking forward to the next record coming out. Can't wait. Make it fast. Make it fast. Get it out there. (laughs) And uh, yeah, thanks so much and rock and roll, man.